0: Today unlocked on, on Mariners Seattle takes. Three out of four for my Oakland days, and uh, I'm going to tell you how I feel about it, because I am scared. Um, And then I'm also going to be talking about some trade rumors. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm talking about Logan Gilbert's pitch usage, which I know that I'm only a fill-in host, but I get into the details of what he was throwing on Saturday, because I talked about it on Friday, and it got him into some trouble. And then I'm also going over some roster news. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a great, great time over here at Locked On Mariners.
1: Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, filling in for DC Lundberg, Jason Burke.
0: Thank you, Joey Martin. DC is training the Ninja Turtles currently, so I am Jason Burke filling in for DC. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, once, you know, Splinter gets back from his vacation. But welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. Uh, if you like knowing about the MLB draft and the fallout from all of that, if you want to hear about big league pipelines and uh, if you want to hear Arm Layton, the host of this podcast, talking about the Mariners uh, prospects because he loves the Mariners farm system. All you got to do is tune in to the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts and it's also on the Odyssey app so uh, it's it's a fantastic show. Definitely do that if you're a prospect person. And uh, you can also listen to this show or that show, whatever show you want to on the Lockdown network, you can ask your smart device to play it. So for example, you can say, hey smart device play Locked on Mariners podcast or any of the other great podcasts that are on the Locked on Network, might I suggest the Locked on Ace podcast, the one that I, Jason Burke, usually host. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's all for that. Uh, if, if you guys are... It's still here. Uh, follow me on social media at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. You guys can also follow my show wherever you like to hear podcasts or uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On A's. If you have any questions for me, you can uh, email me at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And also, DC Lundberg is doing a mailbag episode, the final mailbag episode for the show at uh, Locked On Mariners at gmail.com. So definitely get those questions in for that Thursday episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. But Let's talk about this series, and oh my god, it was fun for Mariners fans. It was not fun for me personally, but again, as I said on Friday, I thoroughly enjoy the Mariners, and I like what you guys are doing. Uh, I just, uh, oh, man, what a... That that was a rough one as an Ace fan. Uh the Mariners won two games on wild pitches, and then uh in the ninth inning on Sunday, when the A's were just trying to get a split, Matt Chapman goes first to third, only he didn't make it to thirty. It was thrown out instead like an idiot. Uh so that was that was not fun. But Again, the Mariners made the plays. The A's did not. They count for the Mariners. And now the Mariners are 54 and 46 and only a game and a half back of the Oakland Athletics for that second wild card spot. And if you're a Mariners fan, you got to be stoked about that. And even as an A's fan, I would be stoked for you guys. Obviously, I want the A's to be making trades too, but uh, there are a bunch of cheapskates that I don't expect them to. So... That that wild card spot could be ripe for that taking, and the the Yankees, the actual New York Yankees, are two games behind the Seattle Mariners right now. So there's a chance that this could legitimately happen if the Mariners add a couple of pieces. And I'll get into a piece that they are considering in the third segment for you guys because uh, it, it it's a piece and it would be a decent add for you guys. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, the the Mariners. They're looking good. I got to say, they're looking good. They're not, you know, firing on all cylinders. They don't have a full complement on the roster right now. Jared Kalanick is still not, uh, you know, performing super great. Uh, Kyle Lewis is still out. Julio Rodriguez is probably another year and a half, two years away, but... This team's coming together. Logan Gilbert uh, wasn't even great on Saturday. They still got that win. Uh, They're making making the plays when they need to. They're hitting the, the home runs when they need to. But the thing that really stood out for me in Sunday's game was that third inning when the Mariners scored four runs and they didn't record an extra base hit, let alone a home run. They didn't record an extra base hit and scored four runs in that inning. And that's what you want to see from the Mariners moving forward, I think. You want to see them getting more runs when they don't need to hit the long ball. I mean, a double would have been fine too, but they didn't hit home runs. And that is fantastic news. If you're a Mariners fan, it's <laughs> that came out weird. Uh, it, hopefully you followed my train of thought right there. Uh, it's a good thing because they didn't rely on the home run in order to score those runs. And that is something that had been happening even in the two wins previously to to Sunday. Uh, They'd been just relying on home runs, and they just out-homered the A's, and the A's couldn't do anything. And the A's offense is a whole different subject right now. But uh, they got to Cole Irvin when they could, and then – you know they were shut down otherwise, but they got enough, and that's uh, that's how you win baseball games. If you're, if I'm being honest, then uh, you know moving forward, there are three games coming up, starting on Monday, starting today against the Houston Astros. And according to the MLB app, uh, the Mariners do not have starting pitching yet for that. Uh, to, it, they have not announced their starters. I, not to worry you, they have not announced their starters. But the Astros have announced their starters, and they got Luis Garcia, who's been really, really good. But uh, go go beat him up a little bit, and then Lance McCullough. Is going on Tuesday, and Lance McCullers uh, can be really good, but he can also not be very good. And if he starts walking guys and getting uh, you know away from the strike zone, uh, make him pay for that because that's something that the A's never do, and then they win the then the Astros win those games. So uh, make him pay when he gets when he lets you guys get uh, runners on base, and uh, then you can beat him. It's it's really not that hard. Just get that get those hits. That's I, I'm wishing that for you right now. And then uh, Jake Odorizzi is starting on Wednesday afternoon so uh that that's the pitching probables against the Mariners. Uh, I don't know who the Mariners will be facing or will be throwing out there for themselves, at least officially. But I am seeing rumors that uh, Darren McCacken, uh, he's going to be thrown for the, the Mariners. And if you guys remember him, uh, he threw five innings in Colorado uh, back on July uh, 21st. He didn't allow any hits. He allowed one earned run and he walked three in those five innings. And so uh, he he was pretty decent. And then uh, according to Roster Resource, it looks like Chris Flexen and you say, Kikuchi, but again, not confirmed. But I'm assuming that they're just going to keep rolling with the rotation. So uh, let's just say that those are the probable starters. It'll be uh, McCakin and uh, Luis Garcia, Chris Flexen and uh, Lance McCullers Jr., and then you say Kikuchi and uh, Jake Odorizzi. So that'll be. It, it, it'll be a series. I, I'm excited about this. I got to say, and I know that the Mariners just took three out of four, but keep win three more in a row. Why not? I mean, I'd rather, you know, face uh, the Mariners from behind and gain ground on Houston. So uh let's just make it really tight. Let's make it a three team race. You guys. Alliance? Alliance? Yeah, let's go for the Alliance, but uh, um, I also want to talk real quick about a couple of roster moves that were made over the weekend, and uh, on Friday, I believe it was, uh, the Mariners DFA'd Rafael Montero, who is a 30-year-old uh, right handed pitcher. He'd been pitching out of the bullpen. He's 5 and 3 on the season with a 727 ERA, over 43 and a third innings pitched, and he had a 164 whip. So he had not been great. And uh, to make matters worse, he also had a 311 batting average against, which is also not great. Uh, and so I looked at his game logs and he had been really, really struggling. I think that his uh, best year, his ERA had been climbing steadily since the beginning of June. So that's not what you want from a reliever, obviously, because they can just you know, throw one inning and lower it. And it had not gone down since like June 9th, I believe. But uh, he had allowed multiple runs in his last four appearance and also in seven of his last eight appearances. So that is not good. Um, and, and in the corresponding move, they activated Corey Sadler. So he's he's been really good this year. And I said on Monday's uh, or on uh, sorry, Friday's podcast that the Mariners just fine guys that I've never heard of before and then they're amazing and Casey Sadler is one of those guys who had like a 13.5 ERA just last year I know shortened season COVID season it was a weird year but he has a 237 ERA this season and his strikeout rate is 15.73 Ks per nine and They just keep unlocking, relieving relief pitcher talent, and it's amazing. And so, uh, yeah, keep keep it going. Casey Sadler, for the win right there. Uh, Also, uh, Kyle Lewis is on the 60-day IL, so there may be some roster shuffling that needs to happen when he is ready to be activated, because uh, he is currently not on the 40-man roster, because he is on the 60-day IL. Uh, And also, uh, Jake Fraley is on the COVID IL, but I don't, or Ace Fraley, sorry, as uh, DC likes to, uh, to call him. And I believe that when he is ready to be activated, he's also going to need to be added back to the 40-man roster. So they got a couple of extra roster moves that could be uh, creating a little bit of a roster crunch on the 40-man. So there's going to be more moves uh, potentially like this on the horizon. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, without further ado, it is time for today's trivia question. I guess it's more of a trivia corner today. On this date in 1987, Milwaukee's Paul Molitor had one hell of a first inning against the A's. DC, you jerk, why'd you write this? I'll tell you guys more about this after a word from Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The trade deadline is right around the corner. And before you know it, the playoffs are going to be starting. The Mariners are in the playoff hunt. And that is super exciting. If you want to put some money down on the Mariners to make the playoffs, you probably got some decent odds. Go to Bet Online. Uh, you can also get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL and all of your UFC or MMA action I don't know if you know this but the Olympics are also going on and they have all of the Olympic sporting events on the bet online website if you're into equestrian stuff you can go bet on horses teams or you know people with horses you can bet on that so before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit out on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get Get into the game as teams start constructing their rosters for the playoffs. Head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked On. And that is why everybody says that BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. And now let's learn about how uh, the the Milwaukee's Paul Molitor hurt the Oakland A's, D.C. On July 26, 1987, in County Stadium, Brewers designated hitter Paul Molitor. That's right, they were in the American League, remember that? Uh, Paul Molitor led off the bottom of the first inning against Dennis Lamp with a single. Nothing noteworthy about that, certainly, as Mr. Molitor is a member of the 3,000-hit club, but during the succeeding at-bat, Molitor stole second base, During the third at-bat of the inning, he stole third, and in the fourth at-bat, he stole home. Three stolen bases in one inning against the A's and catcher Terry Steinbach who was actually really good. So that's uh, that's interesting to me. <laughs> it was the only run Milwaukee would score in the first, but they'd win 7-4 against Oakland. I thought we were cool, DC. Teddy Higuera earned his 10th win on the year, while Dan Plesak earned his 20th save. Dan Plesak is the uncle of Cleveland Indians pitcher, n- now Cleveland Guardians as of uh, 2022. I'm sure that we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, Dan, uh, Zach Plesak. So uh, that is that is the trivia corner for today. Hopefully, you enjoyed all those subtle digs that DC had me read. But coming up on the show, I am talking about Logan Gilbert and his fastball usage from Saturday, and uh, just some takeaways. It's a it's an extension of Friday's episode, so if you listen to that, you're going to enjoy this. So that's what's coming up for you guys.
1: Now back to Locked On Mariners and guest host Jason Burke.
0: Thank you, JM. This is JB filling in for DC. Uh, DC is not here right now, but he is, uh, he'll is. he be back tomorrow. And he's doing a mailbag on Thursday. So get your questions in to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. And Friday is also DC's last show with Locked On Mariners. So uh, send him some some nice thoughts, too. It doesn't have to be a question. It could just be like, you're amazing, question mark. That would be great. Be nice to DC. It's his last week, and he's going to have a great time talking about the Mariners this week for you guys. But uh, if, if you guys like this show, make sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Mariners on Twitter. Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. And if you like, you know, how I do things and you want to know more about the A's and hear it from this voice, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedonA's. on A's. So uh, yeah. And if you have any questions for me too, lockdown athletics at gmail.com, but let's talk about Logan Gilbert's fastball usage, uh, because it went up. From what it had been on the season on Saturday, he threw 75 pitches total and 57 of those were fastballs. That is 76% usage of his fastball. And 20 of those fastballs were foul balls, which is 35% of the fastballs that he threw were fouled off, which means he's thrown too many uh, to me, at least. I I don't know if that's like usual because I don't think that it is, but uh, that's a lot. A lot of pitches were just getting fouled off because he wasn't keeping them off with their timing at all. He wasn't, you know, throwing any wrinkles. He was throwing fastballs over and over and over and they were able to foul it off and that's how we only went two and two-thirds innings in this game He, uh, he also allowed five hits three earned runs he walked one struck out five other than you know not going very deep and throwing 75 pitches in under three innings it was an okay start, but again, in two and two-thirds innings, it's really hard to judge what he's doing right there, uh, and the, the first time through the order, he was fantastic. He was still throwing pump fastballs. He was pumping fastballs. He had five strikeouts. He gave up a double and a single. Uh, the single came in the third inning when the lineup was about to turn over, so that was Elvis Andrews and that single right there, and the second time through the order, it went walk, single, 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 uh, and that is because he did not... Uh, throw them anything besides fastballs. He just went with the same exact plan that he had had in the first time through the order and. As a, as a pitcher, you gotta be able to adjust your game plan just a little bit. But at the same time, I went through his first start and his second start against the A's. This was his third start against Oakland in his very, very young career. And you can kind of see why he was relying so heavily on the fastball. But when it's not working, you gotta be able to go to something else. And I don't think that he has that other thing that he can go to yet. Uh, whether I mean, he, he can throw a slider, his slider is okay, but he needs to be able to rely on that, uh, that changeup, I think, to really, mess with hitters timing and I think that that again is the next evolution of Logan Gilbert and what will make him a number one or a number two starter in this rotation is getting that third pitch going and uh so here's here's how he went in the first start this is here's where I was going with that just a second ago uh, his first start against Oakland he went four innings gave up four hits two earned runs didn't walk anybody and struck out four that's a good start you know it, it, I think it was his third overall start in the big league so that's not bad and he threw 53 percent fast. Fastballs, uh, forty-three total or forty-one total pitches. I apologize, uh, and fourteen of those were fouled off. So that's another thirty-five percent foul balls um, on you know, fa- fastballs that he had thrown. And then in the second start that he had against the AC he went six innings, gave up five hits, allowed two runs, walked one, struck out five. So obviously. Two more innings pitched, only one more hit, uh, same amount of runs. He walked one, but you know whatever. Over the course of you know six innings, so that's fine. And then he struck out one extra batter, but that that was a good start for him. And he threw sixty-eight percent fastballs, so you could see where he increased his fastball usage by fifteen percent and had more success. So you're like, hey. Why not just push the pedal a little bit further and just go 76% fastballs in the third start? And it did not work out for him. So he's obviously going to have to adjust the next time that he faces the Oakland A's. And there's a lot more uh, uh, you know, matchups between these two teams. So I, I assume that he's going to be getting another chance. Uh, but in that game, they only fouled off five fastballs. So something was working with the way that he was doing it in his second uh, start against the Oakland A's. But I think that he's got to be able to adjust on the fly, and I th- and he has to get that third pitch going, and then he will be that solid pitcher that the Mariners are hoping for. And that I, I I've seen spurts, and coming into this game, he had been amazing in his last seven starts. He had like a two five ERA over his last seven, so. You can see that the talent is there. It's just a matter of uh, consistency and showing uh, the same team's different looks and not relying on the same tricks each and every time. And uh, that that's going to be what, what's going to be the key for him moving forward. And I also looked at uh, a couple of his starts against other teams that have been very, very good. Uh, I, just I, I went through his last... Two starts before the A's start, and on uh, July eighteenth against the Angels, he went fifty-seven percent fastballs. They had sixteen fouls. That is uh, twenty-nine point six percent. So he didn't throw as many fastballs. They didn't foul as many off. But it looks like teams can catch up if he's if he's throwing it too much. So he might have to be like a fifty-five percent fastball guy to have you know sustained success in that like a start to start basis. But um I don't know. I'm not a pitching guru. I'm not, I'm not a stat guru. I I like looking at stats. I'm not a guru though. Uh, and then his his previous start before that was on July 8th against the Yankees, he went seven innings, gave up one hit, struck out eight, and he went 63% fastballs and, uh, 19 foul balls again, 29% uh, on the foul ball rate, right there. So he can have success with the fastball. It's just a matter of different looks, I think. And I think that if you're facing a divisional opponent, you have to have those different looks, but if you're facing a team from the, uh, The AL East or the NL East or another division, that's probably fine. But you have to have different looks for the teams that you're facing more often than not because you might get one start against the Yankees, but you might get three or four against the Angels and A's and Astros and the Rangers don't really matter. But anyways, um, yeah, I just I, I want to see the best for the Mariners and for Logan Gilbert. And so that's why I am you know, quote-unquote harping on this, is because uh, I think that there is talent there. And uh, obviously, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, The A's have, you know, Jesus Luzardo, and he's been... Good for stretches, but he was allowing too many home runs, leaving too many fastballs, you know, middle, middle. And he's been having issues with the home run this season. Uh, and he made his debut in 2019. And now he's in uh, Las Vegas uh, pitching for A. So I, I, I want Logan Gilbert to avoid that fate. I want him to be good. And I want him to stay up and be, you know, pitch the Mariners into the playoffs. That's what I want. Again, maybe not this year, but uh, next year, yes. I want the Mariners in the playoffs next year because I, I'm i getting a sinking feeling that the, the A's are going to be trading everybody away during the offseason. So uh, make your move, you guys. And speaking of making moves, make a move to your favorite emailing device and email a question to DC, whether it's about moves that the Mariners could be making or wishing him well on his future ventures. Again, it's his last week here at the Locked On Podcast Network you can reach out to DC by emailing him at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Questions and comments on any subject are welcome and highly encouraged. It doesn't have to be about the Mariners, but, you know, with the trade deadline right around uh, the corner... I I wouldn't be mad if you emailed him about that, or flowers or trees or, you know, the Ninja Turtles and how his stint was as filling in for uh, Master Splinter and all that stuff. That would be great. Email him about whatever you want to, but make sure that you get your questions in before Thursday. Anyways, coming up on the show, I'm talking about some moves that the Mariners have been linked to, so stay locked in with Locked On Mariners. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar in the galaxy, and that is Built Bar, my friends. And Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everybody. So, to get you on board with some of the offerings that they have, here are the flavors that we're talking about. You got coconut, cherry barcia. My favorite is cherry barcia. It's absolutely amazing. It's like maraschino cherries in your mouth, but in protein bar form, and you're just, it, it's good for you. It's amazing. I love cherry barcia. Then you got raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Again, you gotta go after that Cherry barcia. But if you don't wanna take my word for it and you wanna go get a little smattering of each, they, offer, they also offer mixed boxes where you can get two of each of those nine flavors at Bilt.com. And if you go to Bilt.com, you're getting 17 to 18 grams of protein in each and every bar. The calories are going from 130 to 180. You're only getting four to five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs they're all amazing flavors they're all tasty they're all healthy and they're all available at built.com and you can go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and when you do that you'll also save 15 percent off your order so use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com
1: Now back to Locked On Mariners and guest host Jason Burke.
0: Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, and wrong team favored and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. And welcome back to the Locked On Mariners podcast. I am Jason Burke of Locked On A's filling in for D.C. Lundberg, who is washing his car. I don't know. what I can't keep coming up with excuses for you, D.C. You better be here tomorrow. Um, DC is coming back tomorrow. That, that's the, that's the joke right there is he's coming back tomorrow. He'll be here. His car will be nice and sparkly. It'll be great. Uh, and also make sure to, uh, give DC a shout out on the, on the Locked On Mariners mailbag. Send him your questions. Send him your well wishes to lockedonmariners at gmail.com and fill up that mailbag for the final mailbag, uh, of his tenure at Locked On on Thursday. And uh, if you guys want to follow the podcast wherever you like here in podcasts, you guys can also follow this show, the Locked On Mariners show, on social media at Locked, LO underscore Mariners. That's the one. And uh, if you like me and you like what I'm doing, you can follow me at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. And you can also follow my show wherever you like here in podcasts. That's Locked On A's. And uh, you can also follow Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. So uh, that's all that. But let's talk about some trade rumors. One of them seems like it was unsubstantiated. And that one came from, uh, JP Morosi, uh, of MLB.com. And, uh, he said that Jose Ramirez is available. And I don't know that that's, it seems like he recanted that. And I had a whole segment about how the Mariners should go after Jose Ramirez, you know, MVP, perennial MVP candidate, Jose Ramirez, because he's got two more years of control. He would also be helpful this year. So he'd be a push some chips in for this year and also he'd be a nice little building block for the next couple of years he's not very uh he's cost controlled so he'd be a very very nice addition to the mariners he's a five win player year after year and uh i think that he'd be nice and you, you could fill in at third base if you wanted him to once kyle seager's option gets declined and uh you know fill in a hole right there and everything would be great and he's also good at defense but i uh, i think that that one was recanted but it, to save the segment there was another report that came out on Sunday night, and this one's from uh, Mark finesand of also mlb.com and he says that the Mariners are making a push to land Whit Merrifield from the Kansas City Royals. Whit Merrifield was recently made available by the Royals because they stink, and uh, he has a couple of years of control, and his contract is also uh, not very expensive over the next couple of years. He's not quite as good as he has been in the past, but. He's still pretty good. Uh, The one concern that I would have as a Mariners fan is that he's going to be entering his age 33 season next year. Uh, That said, he's only going to be costing $2.75 million next year. And then he also has a team option for $10.5 million in 2023, uh, which you know, it was good, but that, that is also his age 34 season. So, uh, there's, there's some, some worry, some concern, but at the same time, he's a 32 year old switch hitter who has a history of success at the big league level. And, uh, I, he might be a pretty decent piece, and he also probably, well, he definitely would not cost as much as perennial MVP candidate Jose Ramirez, so maybe he's somebody that you actually want to go after, and two things that really stand out to me when I look at Whit Merrifield and why he would be a nice fit for the Seattle Mariners both this year and next year and probably 2023 when they pick up the $10.5 million option is that his whiff percentage or his whiff rate uh, is in the 94th percentile in all of baseball, and the the Mariners Uh, they don't like to strike out a lot but they do. Um, And so I think that adding Whit Merrifield would be a very nice addition to this lineup and you know, give them a little bit of a boost in that regard. Uh, Bring them down from like 29th in baseball in strikeouts to, I don't know, like 22nd? Maybe, I don't know. Can he have that much of an impact? I don't know, but uh, I think that that would be a nice thing. Also, his uh, strikeout percentage is in the 92nd percentile so these are two very nice things. He's also very good at making pretty decent contact uh, with the baseball, but uh, he doesn't make hard contact. He just, you know, he can square it up. He has like a 13 degree launch angle, which isn't, you know, super high. He's not going to be hitting a ton of home runs that way, but he's keeping it off the ground. He's more of a line drive guy and he's just going to, you know, hit the ball where he wants to. And however hard it needs to be to get through the hole, that's what he's going to do. He's hitting 272 on the season with a 319 on base and a 721 OPS. So he's been pretty good. But the other thing is, I don't know where the Mariners would necessarily put him because he is a second baseman. He has also played uh, right field and left field this season, so uh th- those spots seem kind of covered but maybe maybe the Mariners are using uh him to play the outfield or more of like a rotational got like a utility guy where he can play mostly the outfield and then have Jake Bowers or Mitch Hanniger play more DH keep them a little bit more fresh and uh because you're not moving Dylan Moore Dylan Moore is a fantastic defender he's the best defender on the field so you're not taking him out uh what Merrifield's glove isn't quite as it's not great he's like he's fine he's like in the 40th percentile and outs above average so he's been okay but uh when i was writing up the jose ramirez stuff i got very excited because he does everything great and then he's also great at defense and i was like oh this is the guy that the mariner should go after but i don't know uh, he'd also cost so much it would take one of the the better mariner prospects to land him. so at this point in the rebuild maybe maybe jose ramirez isn't the guy so maybe it's Whitmerfield, but uh if it is Whitmerfield where, where do you put him? I think that Jake Bauer is probably DH is a little bit more, but then Luis Torrens has also been very good out of the DH spot. So where you play him, it would have a ripple effect and I don't know what the Mariners would do. I'm filling in and I've got like two minutes left in my fill in duties. So I'm not going to give you an answer. I'll leave that to DC because he knows the roster much better than I do. Um, but yeah, I think that it would be a nice addition and also it might push the A's hands a little bit in what they're going to be doing both at the trade deadline, whether or not the A's are going to be pushing in because uh, the, the big thing with uh, the A's is their owner, John Fisher, is uh, notoriously frugal. He does not like to spend money, and it doesn't look like they're going to be spending money at the trade deadline, or they might be, be spending all of the money. I'm not sure. So we don't know what's going on in Oakland, but it doesn't look like they're going to be pushing all of their chips, and there's just too many uh, teams in contention for all of the players that would help the A's. So, um, And the A's don't have a ton of prospect capital. So if the Mariners make a push for somebody like Whit Merrifield and—or— and or, I guess, yeah, and or works, uh, then. Maybe that would actually push the A's towards selling during the off season, uh, depending on on how the CBA works out and all that stuff. Because the A's only have two more years of control for Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, and we've seen this story before. Uh, that's generally when the A's like to sell players like that uh, to get their their biggest return. And Matt Olson is having an MVP caliber season. He's not going to win the the award because Vladimir Guerrero Junior. and Shohei Otani have been fantastic, but. He's he's in the top three, according to me, and uh, you know, a little bit of bias, but for the most part, he's been fantastic. And I, I think that everybody can agree on that. So this would be the time to sell on Matt Olsen because he's hitting a stride right now. So uh maybe that's something that if the Mariners want to go after Whit Merrifield and maybe add somebody else that's gonna be there for another couple of years, maybe the A's see that their window is closing and they need to go after uh, a retooling of sorts and see what they can do uh in the future as opposed to in twenty twenty-two. So uh be nice, I guess, at the trade deadline is all that I'm asking for. Also, end that playoff drought. If the A's aren't going to be in it, uh, I would like the Seattle Mariners to be the team that knocks them out. So um, that's all that I got for you guys today. Uh, that is all for me as the the fill-in host of On Mariners, too. But uh, I, I like being here. It's fun. I don't think that I messed up saying On A's at all. So uh, that was a good time. Uh, anyways, DC will be back tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss you guys. I've, we've made so many good memories today together And uh, DC is going to be back talking about whatever the hell he talks about. Uh, But in the meantime, please remember to download and follow the Locked On Mariners podcast, wherever you like doing that. Uh, Also, follow the podcast at LO underscore Mariners on uh, Twitter. And uh, look for us on any podcasting app that you can think of. Uh, Both both shows, I guess, is what he means by us. Uh, Leave a rating and a review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. And remember to check out the other shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Might I suggest the Locked On A's podcast, where uh, I know a decent amount about the team. So uh, I can actually tell you, like, if the A's were going to trade for Whit Merrifield, who would be going where? I could tell you those answers and not have to wait for the actual host of the show to tell you guys in the next day. But anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I've had a blast doing this, and I'll definitely be rooting for the Mariners over the next three games because... uh, I don't like Houston very much, <laughs> but uh, DC is going to be back tomorrow. And he also told me what the win song is for when the Mariners win a, win a game, because if you listen to Friday's episode, I didn't know how to sign off because I usually go with my A's cool in the gang outro with it, which is uh, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland. But he said that it's fire by Jimi Hendrix. So I'm going to say this as my 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 outro for the game or for the the podcast game, whatever, the podcast. And that is, go set the AL West on fire, Mariners fans, and DC will be back tomorrow.
1: Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. This is Joey Martin for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.